Hello, everyone. This is Rob Farian with another episode of the Sage Executive Podcast, where we interview top executives and business leaders, and they share their Sage advice with us. Uh, today, I have a great guest, Bruce Talley. Uh, he's been all over the world, served in different sales capacities, running his own organizations, and I think he's going to bring a lot of value uh, to you, our listener. Uh, six questions in nine minutes, or right around there, because we believe the wise speak in few words. So let's get right to it. Bruce, in a few sentences, would you mind telling us who you are and what it is you do? Sure. Um, I'm an executive with uh, a lot of experience in uh, American capital markets, uh, bond markets, selling loan participations to banks for, for, for Native American casinos. So really capital markets here in the United States. After that, I went to Russia and uh, I had a, an idea about land development over there. So I bought and sold land in South Russia. Uh, later, I advised the uh, Independent Republic of Abkhazia on privatization issues. And then I built the largest destination management company in Sochi, Russia, which was home of the 2014 Olympics. So we provided uh, relocation services, television studios, offices, warehouses, transportation networks, interpreters, um, staffing to the Olympic broadcasters, the Olympic sponsors, and the, and the partners that were there, some of them for several years. After that, I provided the same services in Rio de Janeiro, and since then, I've been back in the United States providing consulting to some companies. And also, I still have my, my toe in the water on some of these large-scale events. Great, great. Going a little off script, but I, you know, we do, we do some international work, too. What would you say is the most challenging part about, about the international business space or, or something you know, that you took away as you know, unique in that sort, especially working um, you know, all over the world like you have? Well, one of the things that you you face when you're working in another country is yourself. And so you have to always question uh, every one of your assumptions because whatever you're assuming is probably your weak spot. So I believe that um, there's really two parts to that equation. Make sure that you're what are you bringing to the table that is that is both helping and hurting your efforts, and then also question those assumptions. And I would extend that really to just about any business that I've been in is that uh, those assumptions can, can often be your weak point. Uh, so with building up that destination management company and working in Sochi and, and uh, Rio, what would you say was the best part about being the leader of that organization and, and helping that organization from the top? I love activity. I love making things happen. I love being at the center. Um, I like mentoring people and uh, I love a great deal of activity. So kind of being at the center where of a, of a situation, a business model, of an event where lots of people wanted my attention and needed my help was, you know, that was a, a nice experience. And it, in some ways, it, of course, it's a lot different than working in American capital markets, working in the bond markets. But there was that commonality of a lot of activity, being very busy, feeling productive. Okay. Uh, part of the focus of, of this podcast is on business growth, right? Or any type of sales growth um, as well. So we know things are so competitive, right? No matter what it is you're selling, what your business is doing. So you've obviously been very successful, multiple different markets, multiple different verticals. 
Uh, what are your thoughts on business growth, sales growth, new business acquisition, and how companies can help themselves grow and, and scale up over the course of time? Well, you know, right now we're in a very difficult environment. I, I mean, I've, I think right now that this is a great time to, I'm using a cliche here, but to think outside the box because things are changing quickly and the environment that we're going, that we're seeing now is very different than it was 18 months ago. And I think in 18 months, it'll be very different than it is right now. So I think there are, there are going to be new opportunities that folks are, are going to grab. Anytime there is chaos, uh, it, it creates a lot of pain, but it also creates opportunity. And then in terms of capturing customers, I mean, that's always the, that's always the difficult part of any, any business, right? Uh, an idea is, is just that until you have some customers. But mm-hmm. I always think very hard and work very hard at, at, at customer service because uh, I have seen personally, both abroad in the United States, I think a de- deterioration in customer service, that, that personal touch where people get their needs satisfied. And mm-hmm. so, so I would think really hard about that. I think some of the tools that com- companies using right now are great. They, they provide a lot of uh, value, but in some ways, they also distance the customer from those flesh and blood people that are operating right. that company. Right. Yeah. A lot of things have obviously turned to automation. And I know, you know, you always hear people calling in and all you get is just operator or you're trying to get to an operator, but it's like almost impossible to get to one. So I know like uh, American Express, I always love if I have a problem calling them, right? It's like one button away and now I'm talking to a real life, live human being, right? Yeah, right. I really respect that. And I, I think that that's a, a great way to do things. In, in my business, uh, in Russia, in Brazil, even in, uh, I had business in Korea and we were going to do some work in Tokyo. My customers always know that they can reach me 24 hours a day. Now it's a little bit different than a large company like American Express, but I, I think thinking carefully about those things helps you retain those customers that you work so hard to get. Did you find that there was more of an emphasis on that personal relationship building with customers overseas than there is in American business? I don't have a great answer to that question. It's uneven, I think. The relationships are definitely important. Who you know in Russia, who you know in Brazil, this is all important. But at the same time, the sophistication about how to hold on to those customers um, maybe isn't quite at the level that you see the top executives in the United States demonstrating. Okay. So I, I think there are lots of things we can learn from, from, from other countries, but they have something they can learn from us too. And they're aware of that. Definitely. Uh, moving forward to the fourth question. So if you had to give, and I know it's tough maybe to boil it down, but, but one piece of sage advice to someone like myself or other executives, business leaders, entrepreneurs, um, as they move forward in their career, um, what would be the one takeaway from business and all of your experience that you would say is the number one piece of sage advice that you would give somebody else? I've got two of them, actually. Even better. Show up, be there, be accountable at all times. Uh, the second thing, and I touched on this before, would be to always question your assumptions because every project, every contract, every time I made any kind of a mistake or saw any kind of a problem, or at least almost every time, it was because of an assumption that I had made simply wasn't the case. And and that was 
that was very often the weak point of, of any project that I've worked on. What is it that you're assuming here? Go back over your plan, go back over your contract, go back over your idea, go back over your negotiations. What have I assumed in this process? And, and so I would, I would think carefully about those assumptions, and particularly for those that people that are working abroad, because we, we go, uh, we take with us a set of cultural assumptions, a cultural paradigm, no matter where we go. And um, not everyone shares that. So, right. Yeah, I told, I, I love that. And I can, I'm even thinking about some of my own assumptions right now and starting to question them. Like how, how frequently would you do something like that? Like, would it be like, as things come up, do you sit down on a yearly basis and analyze what happened over the last 12 months quarterly, right? How do you go through like identifying one, what those assumptions are, and then two, determining whether or not I'm glossing over something or, hey, we need to rethink how we're doing this. Well, I can give you an example. Um, we made money on, and good money, on every contract that we executed with about 45 international companies in, in Sochi, internationally known Olympic sponsors and broadcasters and, and partners. Uh, there was one contract where I, I didn't make money, but I didn't lose. I just broke even. And it was to provide laundry services services to a group of sponsors. And it was a real complicated thing to get done because there weren't commercial laundries there and, and sorting laundry. We figured out all the shortcuts that you have to figure out in a place like Sochi, which was then a closed city. But I made an assumption that the how often the people who were working for the sponsors were going to use our laundry services based upon my ideas about how often clothing should be cleaned. And it's, I didn't put a minimum on that contract. Now, I didn't lose money, but there was an assumption that cost me money. They absolutely desperately needed my services, so I could have put a minimum that they had to pay. And right. so after that, I try to always think, I try to incorporate that in my thought process all the way along. What am I assuming that people will do? Or what am I assuming that is going to happen that if it doesn't, it's going to affect the bottom line for me, or if it's going to affect my ability to deliver those services. So I don't like to admit making that sort of mistaken in the real world, but that's what happens. And you learn from it. And so I, in answer to your question, probably a little longer than you want, but in answer to your question, I try to stay on that, keep that in mind. It's a continual process, really. Sure. Constantly evolving, I'm sure. Great. Uh, so part of the show, we're obviously trying to feed the pipeline, right, with new individuals similar to yourself, Bruce. Um, who would you like to acknowledge as somebody that you think would be a great guest on our show with other great insights? You know, I know you've got contacts probably all over the place. So it'd be great if, uh, you know, you might be able to highlight a couple of that uh, might be a great guest on this show. You know, I think you should speak to Roman Levitsky. He is the... Uh... CEO of Ruport, which is the, I believe, the largest advertising agency in Krasnodar region, the southern region of Russia. I think you should speak to Roman. Um, Todd Blaze is head of develop, business development for um, Alpha Laval, I believe, for North America. And you might also talk to Ted Glassred. He's in uh, Minneapolis. He's the president of the Excelsior Group. They're involved in real estate and real estate financing and, and management. And one more person is uh, an attorney in Rio de Janeiro, 
who works with a lot of foreign companies to come in. His name is Pedro Ramos. That'd be great. I appreciate all of those. Yeah, that would be, especially, was it Roman? Uh, yeah, obviously we're digital marketing, advertising. So speaking to somebody on an international level, that'd be, that'd be pretty exciting. So I appreciate that. Yeah, you'll, you'll enjoy speaking to Roma. He's a real sharp guy. He has, I, he speaks English very well. He's lived in the United States for a brief period of, for several years. And his advertising agency regularly wins awards uh, in Russia. So I appreciate that. So to, uh, to wrap up, we kind of like to do just a, a fun question here at the end. So um, after a win, and, and we say it could be a business win, personal win, uh, what is it that you like to do to celebrate? I know, I know you're right down the freeway from us in the San Diego area. So um, yeah, just curious what it is you like to do to enjoy, enjoy a win. Well, you know, this is going to sound funny, but get back on the phone. <laughs> get the next one. <laughs> get the next one. You know, early in my career in the bond business, there was a tendency if I, if I had a big win to, you know, kind of want to whoop it up a little bit. And there might be a letdown after that. And so I always have believed no matter what you did today or yesterday or five minutes ago, each day you start out at zero. I love that. Well, Bruce, um, thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate you taking um, time out of your day. How can people find out more about you? I know you're doing consulting work now, maybe get in touch with you. What would be the best way for them to go about and do that? Well, they can find me on LinkedIn. I'm easy to find there. Um, I also have a blog, uh, brucertally.com, so I can be contacted through there. Um, so it's pretty easy to find me. Perfect. That sounds great. Uh, well, everyone out there listening, thanks so much again. Uh, my name is Rob Farian with the Sage Executive Podcast. For more insights and to check out more episodes of the show, visit us at flyingvgroup.com backslash podcast. Bruce, thanks so much again. Uh, really appreciate it. I know we're rolling into Christmas and holiday season and New Year's, so I hope you enjoy some times with friends and family. And, and thanks again for being on. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. And uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and, and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. 